Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Run Your Money. Today on the show, we're talking about how to make more money this year without manifesting. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and personal finance consultant. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and happy 2024. I know this is technically not the first episode of 2024, but it is the first episode that I'm recording in 2024. So I'm feeling all of that fresh new year energy. And I really love this time of year. I think it's because it's still my season. It's Capricorn season. I love making a plan. I have the Chani Astrology app and I went through her entire overview of 2024 with her planner because I just like to plan and look at the big picture. And I literally spent part of my birthday doing that because again, I'm a Capricorn and I just love doing this shit. You might be able to tell that my voice is a little bit off. It's so funny. My birthday's New Year's Eve. My husband and I went out to dinner really early because we have a baby. So our dinner reservation was at 4.30. We were home by 6.37 probably. And I had a glass and a half of champagne, which is the first alcohol that I've had probably since I had my baby. I might have had a few sips here and there, but not a full glass. And I woke up the next morning thinking I went on a binger because my throat was gone and my voice was gone. And, you know, I guess this is just what getting older is (laughs) all about. But anyways, I'm on a pretty tight schedule this year because as I've mentioned before, I have started a master's in accounting program. I'm also running this podcast and I am doing some temp work for a tax attorney. I'm helping him out this tax season. So today is my podcasting day. And because I feel fine, I just really have to go on with it. Even though my voice is a little bit wonky, if I don't record today, I'm not sure that I'd be able to get this recording out for you on time. So here we are. All this month, I'm talking about setting money goals and money manifesting and making more money and how to approach all of these topics from as healthy a viewpoint as possible. Because as my friend Michelle and I talked about in last week's episode where we debunked Think and Grow Rich, 
it can get really toxic to do all this money manifesting and money mindset. And look, there is a time and place to work on your money mindset. But I think that it can very easily and quickly get into a place that's fairly toxic and honestly can actually work against you without any kind of checks and balances on the inner money work that you do. So I'm going to talk more about that in next week's episode of how to approach working on your money mindset without gaslighting yourself by accident or being gaslit by other people, especially on TikTok. But today's episode is all about how to make more money this year in very practical ways. Now, I'm just going to say one thing. I'm going to get into this a little bit with each of the four ways that I'm going to go through today. However, most of these things are easier said than done. There are entire podcasts and books and genres of content for each of the four things that I'm going to list out. But I'm obviously not going to be able to spend that much time in one episode on each of these four items. I'm just going to give you some top line ideas. And also what I think is the most important things to know as you then go on to do more research or get more support in whichever way you choose to go to make more money this year. And I will just say one more thing before we get going. And that is the ways that I'm going to talk about to make more money are very applicable to the economic trends of 2024. So if you are listening to this episode beyond 2024, and honestly, you know, things can change in the economy quite quickly. So I'm recording this in January 2024. That's when I'm releasing this episode. If you were listening to this episode, even in June of 2024, I don't know what's going to be going on in June. Maybe none of these things apply anymore. Maybe they do. So just know that if you are listening to this episode long after the time I initially released it, still listen. I think it'll give you some ideas. But depending on what's going on in the economy, some of the things may or may not be true. All right. All right. So just a couple housekeeping items before we get going. I have very limited spots for any private clients, but if you are interested in getting your money shut together or getting an investing plan going, especially before taxes are due in April, then now is a great time to do that. And as we get more into tax season, I'm not going to have space on my calendar. So I'm really only going to have space for clients in January and February and probably not March and April. So if you would like to get on my calendar, so I can get you started with investing or getting on track to your money goals, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash work with me and book your spots there. And the second thing is, is that this podcast is now a weekly show. I mentioned that in the last episode, I believe, but I just want to mention it again in case you didn't listen or forgot. I just, you know, it was too much. I knew that was probably going to be the case when I started it as a bi-weekly show, but I wanted to see how long I could do it. And that is how long I could do it. I did it for about six months and maybe not six months, closer to four or five. But now we are down to a weekly show and maybe that will change as we get through tax season. I'm not really sure. But also, I wasn't really giving myself enough space to promote each episode. So I was putting a ton of work, but not giving myself the opportunity to get as many people to listen to it as possible. So 
It's just going to be a weekly show from here on out. And the third and final piece of housekeeping is when you hear me actually read sponsorship ads on my podcast, please make sure if it resonates to support those sponsors. It's what helps keeps this show going. And I really appreciate your support. Also, when you share this episode or my podcast with your friends or neighbors or coworkers or colleagues or whoever, it really, really helps my bottom line and it helps to keep the show going. So I really appreciate your support in that. And as always, ratings and reviews wherever you listen to this podcast are just beyond helpful. All right, so let's jump into how to make more money in 2024. And we're going to start with what I think is the easiest thing to do. And we're slowly going to work to what is probably the most challenging thing to do. Of course, there can be caveats. Everyone's going to have their own specific situation, but I think this is probably generally true. The first thing by far that you can do to make more money in 2024 is make sure you have any kind of savings in a high yield savings account. Now, me coming from like this money space where I'm always thinking about money, I assumed everyone at this point has a high yield savings account. But as I'm working with clients, I'm realizing that is not the case. Most of the clients that I've worked with, I have had to say, hey, you're getting a really crappy interest rate on money that's just sitting there. I want you to move your money into something that is higher. Now, I want to be really clear about what moving your money into a high yield savings account is and what it isn't. So first of all, One way or the main way I should say that banks make money is that when you keep money in the bank, so you have your savings account for your house or your emergency fund or whatever it is, not all of that money you have is sitting in the bank. That bank is going to take that money and lend it out to other people who want to buy a house or a car or start a business or whatever. And they are going to charge these people interest rates, right? When they borrow money for a house or car, you're going to have an interest rate on that loan. And so they kick back some of that money to you in the form of an APY. Now, historically, over the last 10, 15, maybe even more years, interest rates have been really, really low. And the interest rates banks have offered are really nominal, like 0.1%. If you were super lucky, you could get a bank that was 0.4%. Nothing to write home about, nothing to talk about on a podcast, really crappy interest rates, and it really didn't make a difference. But now because the Fed has been increasing interest rates, banks are charging customers more interest when they want to buy a house or a car or whatever it is. And in turn, interest rates on savings accounts have gone way up as a way to lure you to keep more money with them so that then they have more money to loan out for mortgages, cars, etc. So if you still have your money in a bank account that has a really crappy interest rate, like under 1%, then you are leaving free money on the table. Now, the amount of money this could be is going to vary widely depending on how much cash you have. But let's say you have $10,000 in your emergency fund and it's sitting in a crap bank account like Bank of America or Chase, and it's earning something like 0.1%. You're going to get a whopping $10 in interest, keeping your money there for a year. But if you move your money into a bank offering you 5.15% interest, which is what I'm getting at Basque Bank right now, you're going to earn $515 
on that 10,000 sitting in a bank. Now, are you going to retire off of $500 or quit your job or buy a house with $500? Of course not. It's not a life-changing amount of money, but it's still 500 bucks. And for most people, that means something. And it really is a minimal amount of work for you to park your cash in a bank offering a high yield. So banks that are offering a high yield are banks like Capital One, 360, and Ally, Marcus by Goldman Sachs, and Basque Bank. Are there others? I'm sure there are. A quick Google will lead you there. But some of those big box banks, you could say, like Chase, Bank of America, etc., offer really crappy interest rates. And I understand if you want to keep your checking account there, because maybe your direct deposit is tied there, your credit card payments are tied there. That's totally fine. Don't worry about the interest rates that you have in a checking account. Those are pretty low anyways. But what I want you to do is if you are saving up for a house down payment, a car, emergency fund, whatever it is, you've got some cash sitting in a bank. I want to make sure that you are earning at least 4%, but ideally close to 5%, if not even a hair more, because it's just worth it. Making $500 for doing almost nothing in my mind is worth it. Now, the last thing I'll say about this is I don't want you to spend more than an hour trying to figure this out. Pick one of the online banks that have a high yield and then move your money there and then that's it. If you happen to see another bank that offers 0.1% higher, do not switch around your money. That is not worth it. It is worth it if you are earning less than 1% on your savings to go to a bank that you're going to earn 4 to 5%. But if you're earning 4.7% and then the next day you see a bank offering 4.8%, you have bigger fish to fry at that point. So make the easy move and then call it a day. Oh, one more thing before we move on to the second thing is, like I said earlier on in the episode, some of this stuff is going to be highly applicable to the moment of time that we're in. So when I'm recording this in January 2024, interest rates are still very high. Now, the Fed has indicated that they may lower interest rates in 2024. Of course, no one knows when or if that will happen. So when and if that happens then you can expect interest rates on savings accounts to also go down. Now, there still will be a lot of competition from banks to keep your money. So will they plummet and go down below 1% again? I don't know. But at least at this moment in time, interest rates are very high. And so it's worth it to park cash, especially if you have a large amount of cash in a high yield savings account. And just know that there might be a time in the future when you might be listening to this episode where this might be a less strategic move to make. But at least at the beginning of 2024, I think it's a really smart thing to do. Okay, the second thing that I want you to consider doing if you want to make more money in 2024 is to ask for a raise. Now, in next week's episode on the podcast, I'm going to talk about times when money mindset work is worth it to do. And just notice when I said ask for a raise, did that instantly bring feelings of anxiety or fear? Or did you start listing all of these excuses or reasons as to why you can't ask for a raise or why your employer won't give you a raise, et cetera, et cetera? If any of that came up, then 
you know, I think money mindset work has a time and place for sure. And so if you're carrying around all of this fear or all of these beliefs around why you can't or shouldn't ask for a raise, then yeah, I think that is an example of when your money mindset might be affecting your bottom line. So as I talked about with Michelle last week in my Think and Grow Duped episode, there's a kernel of truth to a lot of this like law of attraction, money manifestation stuff. But of course, they have their limits. Now, I'm not going to get into the mechanics of how to ask for a raise because I'm going to be totally honest. That's not really my expertise. And there's tons of other resources that you can Google or podcasts or TikTok accounts or you know, people that you might even be able to ask in your personal life around getting a raise. I want to talk more about the numbers and why I think it's worth it to ask for a raise. Now, here's a really great statistic that I think you're going to love. According to payscale.com, 70% of people who ask for a raise ended up getting one. And the way that breaks down even further is 39% of the people who ask for a raise actually got what they asked for, like the specific number. And then 31% of people got a raise, not the number they wanted, but they still got a raise. Here are a few things that I do want to say about asking for a raise. Number one, and while I just said I'm not going to give you too much advice on the mechanics of asking for a raise because that's not my expertise, I will just say this. When you ask for a raise, you really want to craft it on what your value is to the company rather than things are more expensive now, groceries are more expensive, inflation's really high or whatever it is. That's not a reason for a manager to give you a raise. I'm not saying that they shouldn't give you a raise because of that. I'm not saying there's not broader problems around the cost of living and how that has gone way up while salaries have been largely stagnant. Of course they have. However, when it comes to you successfully asking for a raise, that's not the way to go. So you really want to think about what have you contributed to the company? What projects have you done? What money have you saved? What money have you brought in? And use that to ask for your raise. My favorite thing about budgeting is that I can spend a ridiculous amount of money on my sushi habit guilt-free because I know I've allocated other money towards savings and retirement. Ever since Mint closed, I've been looking for a new budgeting home and my search has ended with Brightfin. I love this app because I can easily categorize my expenses by swiping them into a spend, splurge, save, or share bucket. And y'all, the swiping makes it so easy and fast and honestly fun to manage your money. Then I go to my dashboard and I can see exactly where I am with my spending for the month. Brightfin even helps me build my budget by allowing me to select preset budget allocations based on my goals. And obviously, I use the one called the Wealth Builder. Right now, listeners of my podcast can get exclusive access to their beta iOS version and use the app for free. And when the app officially launches later this year, you'll get an exclusive discount as a beta user. To download and start swiping your way to financial savviness, go to brightfin.io. That's B-R-I-G-H-T-F-I-N dot I-O. Happy swiping. Here's the second thing I want to say about asking for a raise, and that is whether or not you are successful is also going to be heavily dependent on what the broader economy is doing. So if you are not successful in asking for a raise, then I want you to, instead of just go straight to beating yourself up, I want you to also look at what sector of the economy you are in and also what part of the country you are in. If you are listening to this episode well beyond January 2024, like I said, 
said at the beginning of this episode, the economic situation might be vastly different than it is when I am recording this. But at least at the time that I'm recording this, it is still an employee's market. And this is vastly different from what the 2010s were. Ever since the financial crisis of 2008, the unemployment rate was really, really high. And then, of course, it got lower. But now we have historically low unemployment, which means there's actually an employee shortage and not just the service industry, right? Like you might have seen or experienced shortages in the service industry, like hotels, restaurants, places are closing early. You're not getting your rooms cleaned every night when you're at a hotel. This is all across the news and people know this. But what you might be less aware of is that there are shortages across the economic spectrum. My dad, for example, is an electrical engineer and he just retired, but he is now doing consulting work for the exact company that he just retired from. And they're paying him three times as much as they did when he was a salaried employee. And I was like, why would they do that? They're paying you so much more money now. Why didn't they just be like, sorry, and just hire somebody else to do the job that they're now paying him as a consultant? And he said, because there's a shortage of engineers. So there is a shortage of all sorts of jobs. Part of that shortage is because of the more draconian immigration policies the U.S. has adopted over the last four or so years since the pandemic. But a big part of that is actually because baby boomers are aging and retiring out of work. And there is simply just not enough work workers to replace those people. So between immigration and baby boomers getting older, there is a massive shortage across various spectrums of the economy. Now, of course, this is going to vary widely depending on where you are in the country and also, again, what your specific skill set and part of the economy that you're in. So what I would do is if you are thinking about asking for a raise is I would do some research based on where you are in the country and also the sector of the economy that you're in. Like, are you in healthcare or education or technology, finance, things like that, and see what the employment shortages are like in your specific area and your specific part of the economy. And it's not necessarily that you're going to show up to your boss and say, hey, there's a huge shortage of us engineers here, so I demand a raise. That's probably not going to go so well in your favor. However, it can certainly be a card that you potentially pull if your employer is not playing ball in terms of giving you a raise. And this gets into the third thing that you can do to make more money this year, which I'll talk more about in a second. But let's say you were to actually find another job that was willing to pay you more, you could very well then come back to your employer and say, listen, I really want to keep working here. This is my preference. However, I just got offered this other job. Here's the pay. Can you match it or can you beat it? That can put you in a really great position to get your raise. Now, to be clear, do not pull that card if you don't actually have another job lined up because you don't want to risk your employer being like, sorry, guess you got to take the other job. That would be a bad situation to be in. However, it is totally possible to get another job where you are offered much more. And then if you do prefer the current company that you're at, you can absolutely use that to get the raise that you want. Now, as I've already alluded to, the third thing you can do to make more money in 2024 is to switch jobs. 
According to Forbes.com, people who's changed jobs see an average annual increase in their salary of almost 10%, whereas people who stay actually see a loss of almost 2%. And that's because inflation has been so high, it's been over 3%, and in some times it's been as high as 5 or 6 or even 7%. And most COLAs, cost of living adjustments, are only 2 to 3% at best. So if you've got a 2 to 3% COLA raise over the last several years, and that was it, you are actually effectively making less money because inflation has been much higher than that 2 to 3%. However, if you have switched jobs, on average, you would get a pay increase of about 10%, which would put you on top by 5 to 6%, depending on the exact numbers that you're looking at when it comes to inflation. For the most part, if you want to make more money, you need to get a new job because most employers are not going to give you a 10 to 15% raise every single year. However, switching jobs, that's a completely reasonable pay increase expectation when a new company wants to bring you on board. Now, I'm not saying you should try to get a new job every year because that can actually be a red flag to hiring managers potentially. But if you've been at the same job for several years and you haven't gotten much more than a COLA, and especially if your COLA hasn't even matched with inflation over the last couple of years, then this is going to be something that's going to be even more beneficial to you. Now, there are a few caveats. If you happen to be one of the few employees this day and age that has a pension, then the math is going to be a little different for you. And most private companies aren't doing pensions that much anymore. However, state and local governments, as well as the federal government does have a pension. And so you probably don't want to just leave that job without doing some serious math to make sure you either know what you're getting or potentially leaving behind. The other couple things that you want to consider is with your 401k match, a lot of times that match is not automatically vested. So what that means is, let's say you make $100,000 and you get a 5% match, so you put 5% in, and then your company is going to put 5% in, so they're going to put that $5,000 into your 401k. Now, some companies have an automatic vesting, which means that $5,000 is yours, that they've put into the 401k for you, that they've matched. Some companies, however, have a vesting schedule, which is their way of trying to get you to stay longer. So perhaps after one year, 25% of their 5% is vested, and then maybe that gradually gets to be more and more as time goes on. And the thing is, is that like, it might be worth it to stay to get the vesting, and it might not. You just have to do the math. Is it worth it If you've been in a company, let's say for two years and you're 25% vested, so you've got several thousand dollars that you get to keep that they've matched in your 401k, yes, that is free money and it's great. And if you stay another couple of years, you get the rest vested, you get another several thousand dollars. Is that worth it? Maybe, or it might be worth it to forego the rest of that vesting schedule in favor of a 10 or 15% salary increase. I can't necessarily answer that question for you because it really just depends on your specific situation. You've got to crunch those numbers. But just know that the 401k vesting may or may not make it worth it to stay. Now, the final caveat that I just want to stay here, and I just really want to stay in my lane because I'm not a 
I don't give career advice. I'm not an expert in that by any stretch of the imagination. I just want to repeat some of what I've heard from hiring managers. And that is if you do have a reputation of on your resume of going from job to job to job, especially if you're spending less than a year, that could be a red flag because it does cost money for employers to bring on new employees through just getting onboarded and trained and all of those kind of things. And if they think that you're just going to leave in less than a year, they may go for someone else who has a little bit more what they would perceive to be loyalty. Now, that does not mean you have to be self-sacrificing. That does not mean you have to stay in a shitty job situation just to make it look good on your resume. It does not mean that you shouldn't consider switching jobs, especially if it will help you to take care of yourself, which is to get that salary boost. But it's just something still to be mindful of. And even with that, and the research that I've done for this episode, you know, according to that Forbes article, the benefits still seem to outweigh the potential downside, the benefit of switching jobs frequently to get that salary boost. So if you're listening to this episode and you either haven't asked for a raise or switch jobs in several years, then I really want you to put a game plan together to make it happen in 2024. And if you got your panties in a bunch, if you're like, ah, but I can't, or there's all this fear or whatever coming up for you, then I want you to tune into next week's episode because that's what I'm going to go into how and when to do money mindset work that will actually affect your bottom line without gaslighting yourself or just sending you down all these law of attraction, you know, BS rabbit holes. Okay, the fourth and final thing to consider doing this year if you want to make more money is to consider a side hustle. Now, I have a lot to say about this. And actually, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to share a lot more on the backstory of what's happened to my business and really what I think has been going on in the online business world over the last several years. I think that will give you a lot of insight about maybe what to do and what not to do if you want to start a side business, especially if you want to use the internet to help you promote your business. But for the time being, you know, having a side business can certainly bring in some money. And I've had side businesses to my business, right? Especially when I first started my business, I was walking dogs and dog sitting on rover.com for quite a few years. And it was great. I also taught yoga on the side. And that was also great because it really just helped me keep some money coming in while I was growing my main business. And so Having a side business for either a passion project or something that you do anyways, like I was already taking care of my dog and I was already walking my dog. So to walk another person's dog or to have another dog stay at our house was like not a big deal to me. And honestly, it was actually kind of fun because it gave my dog a little play buddy every once in a while and made some good cash on the side. However, there's just so much spammy, scammy, grifter law of attraction-y, gaslighty stuff on the internet around making money, especially on the internet. So that's why I have so many asterisks on Start Aside Hustle because it can be very lucrative, but it can also be a very deep rabbit hole that I don't advise anyone to go down. So here are two things that I would not do. And then a couple things that I would do if I did want to bring in some side income in 2024. Number one, do not get into the MLM world whatsoever. I don't care what they're selling, oils, lotions, creams. I don't care if you like the product, if you don't like the product. MLMs statistically cannot make you money. And they are a scam. And 
nobody wants to get your PMs or your DMs around, you know, a business opportunity. Just don't do it. You'll end up at best breaking even and most likely you will lose money that way. And number two is don't fall for all this affiliate marketing that I see on TikTok and Instagram. Because I post a lot of money stuff on TikTok, I think for some reason, TikTok thought that I wanted to see all of this affiliate marketing nonsense. And so many people are, I mean, I guess they're making money because they're trying to teach you how to make money through affiliate marketing. But is anyone actually making them? No, it's like, it's still, it's just like another pyramid scheme. It's just not within one formal company. So, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. really avoid those scams. I know that it can be really easy to get sucked up into the dream. As I talked about with Michelle in last week's episode, Think and Grow Duped, there are a lot of really compelling pieces to those messages and it can be very tempting. Just please don't. Your wallet will not appreciate it. Now, here are a couple things that I would do. Now, of course, this will depend on the sector of the economy and your skill sets. However, I would start with doing something that you already do in your professional life. So if you are a teacher and you want some side income, probably one of the easiest things that you could do is to do some tutoring on the side. So just think about the skill sets that you already have and what can you do to potentially continue to monetize those outside of your day job. That is going to be far easier than let's say you are, I don't know, like you're a lawyer or something like that and you really want to start life coaching. Well, that's like a totally different skill set and that's going to be a much heavier lift. I'm not saying it's not a lift you can't do and maybe you really feel motivated to do it, but it's not going to be the easiest thing that you can do to make some side money. The second thing I would do is look at where you're already spending time and or money. For example, as I mentioned already, I was already spending time walking my dog and taking care of him. So it wasn't that big of a deal to take care of a second dog and do some dog sitting and dog walking through Rover. Another thing that I did is that I loved working out. I loved doing yoga and fitness classes, etc. And so I thought to myself, hey, I'm already doing this stuff every day anyways, and why not get paid to do it? And that's exactly how I got into teaching yoga and teaching fitness classes. Start simple because having a side business or a side hustle is really a lot. It's a lot energetically. It'll take a lot of your time and it's very easy to get over consumed and in it so deep that you 
kind of forgot the whole reason that you wanted to get into the thing in the first place. Now, I'm going to talk in future episodes about the pros and cons of having a business versus working a day job, because I have a lot of thoughts and people trying to sell you on the dream want you to think that one thing is obviously better. And I think it's actually a lot more complicated and a lot more nuanced. So I'm going to talk a lot about that. And especially about the money piece, because people will talk about the dream and like the lifestyle and like work when you want wherever you want. But it's actually again, it doesn't always work like that. And of course, there is the money piece, which people sell you on making money. But it's a very different reality than like actually making up your salary running the numbers, what are your business expenses, what are the taxes going to be like, all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to dive into that in future episodes. And that is it. So look, are these the only four ways you can make money in 2024? No, of course not. But everyone listening to this podcast, I hope at the very least that you open up a high yield savings account if you have a lot of cash that you're sitting on so you can make some easy extra money. And again, that can easily be a few hundred dollars to not several thousand if you have quite a lot of savings under your belt. And then from there, and if you have a job, I hope you're going to ask for a raise if you have not asked for a raise in the past six to 12 months or so. And if you have been at your job for a while, and if you haven't gotten much more than a COLA, I hope you will consider applying for a new job. And then of course, if you do want to dip your toe into the entrepreneurial space, I would proceed with caution and start with a skill you already have or something that you're already spending time or money on and monetizing that. All right. And I'm going to share a lot more about that in future episodes, like I said, because I've got a lot more to say. But next week, I'm going to talk about how to do money mindset work in a way that can actually affect your bottom line, like giving you the confidence boost you need to ask for this raise or apply for this job that I'm talking about in this episode. And I'm also going to talk about the limitations that money mindset work will do. It is not the end all be all at all to making more money. And it's important to know those guardrails so that you can do mindset work from a place that's realistic and that's healthy without driving yourself into this spiral of must do more inner work, must do this, must do that, because that can just be really, really detrimental, I think, to your mental health. So that is this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and share this episode or another episode if it resonated with you. And then, of course, please make sure you leave a rating or review. And I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Run Your Money Show. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss a new episode. And hey, before you leave, can you do me a quick favor? Please leave a rating or review wherever you listen to this podcast. It takes just a few seconds for you and it helps me enormously to get this show out in front of more women just like you. Thank you so much. You can find show notes, transcripts, free resources, and info on how to work with me at veronicagrant.com. See you next episode. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.